0: Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire your walk with God. For more information about our church and community, check out myc3church.ca. All right, we're wrapping up our our month on the supernatural, and um, uh, we're just we're going to keep being supernatural people, but we're wrapping up our teaching on it. And um, so I'm, I just want to. Um, say, what a thing it is for me to uh, create for me, personally, um, to find all of the different texts on, on angels. And I hope it's been comforting for you and inspiring for you and all of that, but before we sing Christmas songs like Hark the Herald Angel Sing, um, that you'll realize these weren't just fairy-like, whimsical creatures. They were actually powerful, uh, angelic, other-dimensional beings that still surround us on a fairly regular basis. Our culture has a great fascination with the supernatural. And uh, without getting into a long talk on the war over the genetics and the seed, um, I just want to point your attention to a couple of the superheroes that and the movies that come out for um, right now. Hollywood is producing stuff like this. And if someone helped me out between services, remind me who this lady was, I thought it was um, it's Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, you know that. So A young girl told me that, too. Uh, I, it looked like um, Supergirl to me or something, but apparently it's not. Captain America, Superman. Um, of course, um, this must be Thor over here, right? The, the thing about, like, superheroes, though, you know, that, and that fascination, um, you'll notice on television programs uh, some of the supernatural things and people, you know, flying and, uh, you know, vampires and all this stuff. This other dimensional stuff, uh, our, our, our culture has a huge appetite for that. Um, when things like, you know, the Harry Potter, all that, which one young man tried to explain to me, yeah, but it's good witchcraft, Papa. And I go, yeah, the witchcraft's witchcraft. It's, it's, uh, it's not that there's, it's not happening, but we need a biblical foundation by which we can understand and sift things that our culture throws at us around the supernatural. And um, I've, ha- I've had an interest in that for much of my, since my teen years. And, and uh, I-, I just know that, that if that taste, if that hunger is not satisfied in the house of God or from the word of God, it actually becomes very dangerous and very toxic because of the, 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 how it can, you can be led really down the wrong path and becomes very dangerous. And, and uh, the, the enemy, by the way, you know, when people talk to me about the cost of following Christ, I just remind them about the cost of following Satan. It's actually quite a bit higher. <laughs> so, uh, so, anyway, the, the, the thing about angels, um, which is one small part, I just want to remind us that there are other, there's other dimensions, and that much of our faith, Paul would say, part of your weaponry uh, includes uh, principalities and powers, that our battle is not physical. Maybe you've noticed that we don't have, we don't really are not fighting a physical battle specifically, but for many of you, you'll find that your battle actually re- revolves around unseen things, but very real things. And I think our, our major battle is within our mind, which is a place that the enemy likes to get in and mess with all the time. Um, so, so, Billy Graham would call, called angels su- secret agents. He he wrote a book in the uh, '70s on angels. And I, and I just think that we need to have, find a certain balance about this, and uh, and the Bible is right full of stuff, and so I want to turn our attention to Hebrews chapter 1, and the text that we've been following, and just um, doesn't, it's not that explanatory, but it just reminds us of what angels are. Verse 14, it says, but angels are only servants. They're spirits sent from God to care for those who receive salvation. If you receive salvation, you've got some Invisible allies to help you fulfill your mission on the earth, and uh, my suggestion is that anything that God has for us, because He only gives good gifts, are are we need to be accessing and leveraging and using, in order to make it uh, in this world. He also says a little earlier in verse um, eight, uh, sorry, verse seven, God calls His angels messengers, swift as the wind. I love that. That's, that's when Kelly asked me to do something. I'm the same. Swift as the wind. And um, they're swift as wind. And, and they're servants made of flaming fire. It's on a, it, it, you find that the language is a little bit tricky to understand. They're right. swift as wind and like fire. And you go, really? Well, what is that? Well, it's other dimensions. That's what it is. It's, and that's really all it is. But, but let's just... I want to have a look at a few things. Um, I know for me... The last uh, month, as I've just been studying this, the more, what, what's got the most traction for me is these destiny angels and or guardian angels that are given to us to see that we fulfill our mission on the earth, and each one of us are given m- these ministering angels, these guardian or destiny angels, and so I'm I'm quite interested in them. Um, you, you'll note the last. The last couple of weeks we did that survey, how many people believe in angels, about 90% of you. The, the rest are probably just lazy, you still believe in them, but you just didn't want to put up your hand. Um, and about 50% have had encounters. I think that's a fairly high amount. Um, I've had different um, in, encounters, I guess, but, but sometimes you, you wonder, did that really happen? Is that really real? And, but for you to admit that about, about 50% of you have had encounters with angels, I think that's phenomenal. Um, the one thing I'd hope to be able to help you with is the hierarchy of angels, and the Bible doesn't give us the hierarchy, that I can see. From my study, I can see different types, um, different names. I've got about 10 different names of angels, and even in the choruses, the worship in, in Revelation 4 and 5, there's different types of angels there, uh, and, and you, there are other dimensional beings. Uh, but it doesn't show their order or who resp- who, how they relate to one another. So I think we need to be careful with speculation outside of the context of Scripture. And so some of those names that I see, and, I, and, and, and last week when we looked at the book of Jude, uh, the angels honor order. The ones that got out of order, we found what happened to them very quickly in Jude chapter 6 and, and Jude chapter 9 as well, is that the ones that, the, the ones that are sent out, the messengers of servants of the Lord, they all respect order very well, but we're not sure what that order is. Um, we 're told that there 's archangels, but we 're not sure exactly what an archangel is really we don 't have that definition. we just know that there 's a couple of them at least um, we 're told that there are there are hosts, uh, holy ones, thrones, dominions. Daniel chapter four refers to a, a, a certain group as watchers Daniel four verse thirteen uh, I think that's <laughs> I mean they should be doing something more than just watching shouldn 't they but they seem to be observing what's taking place and um, I, I don't know, I have no comment on that. A lot of the stuff I don't have comment on, I'm just actually reporting what I'm reading and uh, there's others that are called sons of God, um, some that are called cherubim, um, odd creatures and some that are seraphim, they're probably, because most angels don't don't seem to appear to have wings but but the cherubim and the seraphim seem to. And so, there's simply other dimensions, and, and I find it quite intriguing, but we're not sure of their order, so I just want to warn us about speculation of how that works. Uh, but I do see among the destiny angels that they are angels who have their scent, they're, they're, like, they're like apostles, they're sent ones, that they are aware somehow of our purpose, and that word we looked at last week, prothesis, b- before, and an, um, an essay written before. So they are aware of our purpose, and part of their role is to help us fulfill that purpose. Each one of your children have a purpose, and uh, we're given angels to help us fulfill that specific purpose. That's seen in a number of biblical texts that I want to look at right now, and, I'm, and just if you're taking notes... Scratch this down and then read about this week. Point number one, angels on assignment. Clearly, we're seeing that they inform, they guide, and sometimes they guide through dreams. Um, I'm nervous about angels that appear in dreams. Um, I'm actually, yeah, a little bit, I mean, yeah. So, But many people were directed by angels in dreams in Scripture. Um, They're trying to direct, there's other angels of provision, that help provide. So we see in Psalm 91 that it says, for he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. And uh, they will hold you with their hands to keep you from striking your foot. I don't know if you've ever felt like you're held up or not. Um, I can't, I'm not sure if I have. I, I've had so many people tell me their stories being in accidents and then being carried to a place of safety, and they didn't know. The paramedics didn't take them there. They just ended up there. Um... You know, I kind of have a question why didn't they, like, instead of carrying us from an accident, why didn't they prevent the accident? That would be my, maybe some of you have had that, like, but they don't seem to, they don't seem to mess with the circumstance too much. They're only, they only fulfill what they've been told to fulfill. When some people say, What do angels do? I say exactly as they're told. <laughs> they seem to stay right within their parameters of, of what they've been sent to do or sent to say, or, and so, I, I don't know how it works, but I'm fascinated by that. There, there seems to me that there, there's probably, must be some council room in heaven or some briefing room where the angels for your and my life are told what's to happen in our life, and then they're given that mandate to you know, make sure that they get to that and get through that. There must be, because they seem to know that. In Acts, or Genesis chapter 18, we look, read that last week. Um, the Lord appears, and there's three of them. Again, I'm just reporting how that worked, who was who, I don't know. But one of them said that this about this time next year you're going to have a son. That, that's that's remarkable. They must have read somewhere, they've got some intel somewhere, that they were going to be about this time. They weren't very specific. You'd think that they'd know the date and time and place, but they, they about this time next year you're going to have a son. In Sarah's book that was written about her, her thesis was that she would have a son. So they must have known that somehow, and they're going to see to it that that happens. And, of course, the, the laughing and the snickering and then the, you know, and, then, and then the intercession. And the angels actually brought judgment after that on the sexual practices that were taking place in Sodom and Gomorrah at the time. So angels were sent actually fo- to fulfill a measure of, of ju- judgment. In, chapter, in Genesis 22, the, there's a point where Abraham is sacrificing Isaac, and the angel says with a loud voice, which is, you know, not a quiet voice, not a whisper, it says with a loud voice, "Um, stop, you don't need to do that, Abraham, I love that, I I love that if I mess up like, or if I'm on the way to messing up, I I need to be open to these ongoing messages that may be coming. And then the angel provided an animal with his horn stuck in a thicket. And as a hunter, I'd like to see more of that, but we have to chase him down. Um, uh, Numbers chapter 22, uh, sorry, uh, Genesis 24. There's an angel involved in matchmaking. Verse 7, Abraham says, no, an angel's going to go with you, and he's going to help you find the right bride for my son. And and you go like, how's that even work? I don't know. But uh, a little bit later in chapter 32... Um, Jacob is actually wrestling with an angel. And, um, you know, my question is, if they're, you know, non-physical, you go to grab them by the neck, and where, where'd you go? Like, I, how, what would happen? How do they do that? And, but he's wrestling over Jacob's destiny, and when he's done wrestling, somehow, he, it seems unfair. The angel's using his superpowers and then touches his hip, you know, says touched, he probably, you know, probably, I don't know. But he he couldn't walk the same after that. His hip was like messed up. And he changed his name. What's all that about? Is that God had appointed an angel to get him to his destiny. And I'm not sure completely, you know, who or what or whatever. But but he was involved in an other dimension encounter. In Numbers chapter 22, verse 22, we see a... um, to, To me, it's one of the funniest chapters in Scripture, and I, and I honestly think that the angels, you know, encouraged, you know, you know, let's put this in the book, let's put this in the book, it's just hilarious, because because the rebellious prophet is deciding that I'm not going to, he's going to do his thing, and the Lord sends an angel so he doesn't get off track, and the result is, you know, he's the, the donkey tries to go around, and, around the angel and rubs his foot against the wall, and it's just hilarious, the, the donkey has more discernment than the prophet, I think. And, but he's able to see something, uh, which begs the question, can our pets see angels? I don't know. The donkey could, but the wilder thing is he opens is the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. Now you've got a talking donkey. It's just, it's just bizarre. But, but anyway, there's, there's an angel standing there, and he says, no, I'm trying, I'm trying to get you to do the right thing, and you're going about it the wrong thing. You're as stubborn as what you're sitting on there, and therefore... I'm going to have to redirect you so that you don't mess up. And it further on says, so I don't have to kill you. So he's protecting him. In Judges chapter 13, there's this unbelievable encounter with a man named Manoah, who was um, Samson's uh, father, and, and, and his mom as well. And An angel appears, and, and you know, the first thing he wants to do is go make, make lunch for him. And, uh, and he ends up coming back, and the angel, uh, the food's there, and you know, it's just a long, interesting story about an angelic encounter, and and there's a little, he goes to, you know, touch the food, and it turns into a blazing fire, and the angel goes up in the fire, and you go, what was that? Uh, you just, you know, next time you have a campfire, like, there's just, you never know, um, but but it's just its just interesting to me, and the, and the more, the comical part of that is that is that Samson's dad? So he asks him, the angel says, and here's what Samson's to eat and drink for the rest of his life. Pretty specific, right? And so he gives him directions on his diet and um, encourages him to have a Bernstein diet without wine. And the, um, the angel uh, then he asks him, he says, What's your name? And the angel answers, he says, Well, it's too deep for you to understand, which you know, makes you think that either the, the guy was a bit of a dimwit or else the angel's name was actually like, whoa. And uh, I, it doesn't say the name. We, we have a few names of angels, but not many. And I think it's probably better. I hear people tell me about their angels' names and I go, okay, I, I don't know my angel's name. Um, but, but apparently they have names. Um, and and I, I think that's interesting. Gideon, Judges chapter 6 um, it was a time for a shift to take place. There had been seven harvests had been stolen, and this angel came to see that there was no more stolen. Um, this actually resonates fairly deeply within me today, and we may want, we, I may pray for for harvests that have been stolen because there was one who steals harvests some and even thinking as John is doing that that his, his talk about um, you know we, we go through times and you know sometimes there are times of Great, great consolation. Other times, desolation, and, um, and 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 we're told that there are there are we have a, we have an enemy who tries to steal our harvest. Even if we even if we even if we planted faithfully, there's somehow, and I don't quite know how it works, but just before he says, "I'm going to pour out my spirit on all and my sons and daughters will prophesy," in Joel chapter two, he says that I re- and I'll return everything that the locust and four different types of locusts, the chewing locust, the fl- the swarming locust, all these different. Locust. I don't quite know what that means. I just know that they were stealing harvests. And, um, and I think part of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is for us to be aware of what's stealing our harvest. And that we, don't, we, and that we make sure that, that we get all and then some of what the, we've planted and what we've sowed in faith, that we get those harvests. And I think that we do have to contend for our harvest sometimes. But, it, but he had the, the, the prophetic destiny for Gideon. And he said, you're a mighty warrior. He said, no, like I'm a cowering wimp. But he said, "No, no, you are you are a mighty man of valor," and he called out his destiny because somehow he knew that, and uh, and I find that quite phenomenal. And then he and then and, and in these days, uh, let me say this: I think that the angelic armies are are searching out the warriors in the land, and somehow making sure that this end time harvest isn't missed. I believe we're in in in. We're getting ready. We're being prepared for the greatest harvest that's ever been known to mankind. And, and therefore, we require the angelic presence and them to help to see that that harvest comes to pass. Joshua chapter 5. Um, Joshua is um, you know the successor of Moses and he's about to lead them into their place of promise. And he's out one night and he's just walking the wall in Jericho and he's checking stuff out. And as he's out there, a significant angelic being shows up in front of him. And uh, of course, like any leader wants to know, are you, whose side are you on? <laughs> you force or against this. And uh, he doesn't answer that question, by the way. Angels are very specific in their message. They don't add a little bit to it or spice it up a bit. He's very specific uh, about who he is and what he's there for. And I love how he answers it when he says, whose side are you on? He said, no, I'm a captain of the Lord's hosts. What an interesting question conversation, hey? He said, I actually am bringing military and warrior backup for you to fulfill what God has called you to do. The word host literally means angel warriors that organize for military assistance. So he said, "Um, I'm not going to answer that question because it's kind of an earthly question, but here's what you need to know. I got the the cavalry's coming with me and we're going to see that this gets fulfilled, what God has asked us to do and taking them into their place of promise. Um, later on in, in Acts chapter 5, the, uh, the apostles all get power sits. And it's really encouraging to see how the angel of the Lord goes before them. And uh, in, in, uh, a little bit later in Acts chapter 12, uh, Peter's in jail, and not only does the angel come in and break the chains off, but he opens up doors. I love to see, and sometimes, you know, like Dan was declaring during the service that people were going free. You wonder, how, how, are those angels doing that? Is that? I mean, of course they're sent by the Holy Spirit, or are they? You know, I'm not sure. I just want to see people free. <laughs> and so wouldn't it, would that be great? And he's able to see that, and then the angel leads him out of town. Um, right over to Rhonda's place, and it's all they're, they're praying for him to get free, and they can't believe he's free. They think he's an angel, and it's just bizarre. Um, a little bit later, in, uh, Paul is on his way to Italy. He get, get, he's on a slow boat to Italy, and uh, it's Acts chapter 27. And uh, right there, there's, a, there's a terrible storm, and they think they're going to lose everything, but uh, instead an angel appears to him and said, No, no, it's going to be all right. I'm going to make sure you get to where you're sent to go, because you've got to get to Rome. I've got to get you there. And uh, he didn't present, pre- prevent the shipwreck, but he said, he reminded him, no, I'm going to make sure that you get there. And, uh, and then Paul was able to tell the rest of the people on board, he said, no, 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 I've just had a visitation, we're going to be fine, we're going to make it to where we need to go. I, are you open to the Lord coming to you in technicolor and blazing glory and directing you to make sure you get to where you need to go? I'm open to that. And I think we need to stay open to that. And, um, and so, we, okay, though, here's Dan. So Dan, the Lord, the, there's a word of the Lord for you today. Yes, and I, so while you were worshiping right there, I saw the, I it looked so clear to me that the Lord is handing you a promotion. Like, like it was so clear. And then I said, Lord, this sounds a little bit funny to me, you know, you doing this. And he said, um, that, that promotion comes from me. I man can't give you promotion. You're being promoted. And then I seen you worshiping in the spirit with it, with it, with it, your guitar and the Lord giving you fresh songs, spiritual songs, songs of freedom and deliverance, and that stuff, I just feel the presence of God just affirming that today. God bless Dan, and that promotion that's come from, and I thank you, Father, that you're equipping him for every good work, and you're surrounding him, Lord, with all he needs to fulfill fulfill that mandate right now. In the name of Jesus. Okay, it's good to have you back in service. <laughs> the activation of angels, Psalm 103, verse 20. Um, this is a touchy topic about, you know, because I try to remind people that angels are not genies in a bottle, and you've got four wishes, and that, you know, that's not what, that's not what this is about. But, but here's the short story on that, Psalm 103, verse 20. Here's how we activate angels. He says, it says, bless the Lord, you as angels who excel in strength and who do his word, heeding his, heeding his voice, uh, the his voice of his word. How are angels activated, and how are they commissioned by the word of the Lord? And you and I have the word of the Lord here, and they're activated when we declare the word of the Lord. Why? Because they're here to fulfill and heed his word, not your word. But they require us to declare and to speak his word. And and you wonder, well, couldn't they? Couldn't the Lord send them? And uh, he could, but I believe we can actually activate angels as well. And if we don't speak, they don't move. I, I hope you rec- get this, because I honestly believe that's possible. They're not heeding your word, but they're heeding God's word. And when you have something, like I just said over him, I had a word that lined up with God's word, and I seen it fit him, then the man will stand. And, he, and I, you get that, and now you can declare that the Lord would release all of the resources to see that that happens. I believe that's how angels are activated. Hark, the herald angels sing. The purposes and the agendas and the plans of evil are prospering in the world because believers are not speaking up and declaring the word of the Lord. We need to be bold. I think bold confessions release bold angels. I just feel that. We speak up in prayer with the, with faith in the word and... and uh, and, and we expect that God's agenda be fulfilled. And we reverse the agendas of hell and the demons. And we declare and release the ambassadors from heaven to fulfill his, his word and his mission on the earth. And we become heirs and co-heirs and partners with, with him in that. Um, I, I think that we need to expect the angel armies to prosper more and more and to keep growing... ...and break cultures of defeat and losing and disappointment and hopelessness. So just a quick word on idle angels. Um, I wondered to myself, Do angel, are, angels, are, there, are any of my angels idle? Well, I, I honestly think they're waiting for a word to be released. Um, a word that you've got from studying God's word... ...and it has faith and has some substance to it. And they're waiting to fulfill the word of the Lord... Um, I know that throughout Scripture, there's four or five places that I read about where angels can get angry. Um, the, 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 when, when Gabriel appeared to Zechariah, and Zechariah said, well, how's this going to happen? He says, since you don't believe me, you know, you, you, he, it, the Scripture says that it, he was provoked. <laughs> he was upset that he didn't believe, and the result was he, he, he was dumb. He uh, couldn't talk. Because he didn't want him spreading the negativity, because they were trying. God and the councils of heaven were trying to get Messiah to the earth, and he needed people to agree with that. And so that's why he needed a teenager. And Mary said, "Pick me," and and he was, was filled with faith. So he made sure that he wasn't negating the word of the Lord, and so he upset his angel. Matthew chapter 12, verse 35 speaks about idle words, how we'll give an account. Jesus said, you'll give an account for every idle word. And the word idle literally means unemployed or unprofitable. A word that's not fulfilling the mandates of heaven. And my last point, provision angels. Um, in 1 Kings chapter 19, you, I read through this a number of times. I was so fascinated by, um, I, I picture scenarios taking place of the cave where Elijah went because he was depressed and depleted. And, and um, you know, rather than ha- getting an energy drink, there was no Red Bull around in those days apparently. So he's tired and he wakes up, he gets a wake-up call and angels have prepared him breakfast. Some bread on a sto- hot stone and uh, he goes back to sleep again. He wakes up and the angel's still there, still cooking and he, he is able to, that food is able to sustain him for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, gosh, if an angel wanted to prepare food for me, I'm, I'm up for that. Especially that guy, like angel food that keeps me going for 40 days. I, I'm very down with that. So I think that's phenomenal. In Genesis chapter 14, we, we read why Abraham became like a, million, a billionaire in his day. Because he, was, he made covenant. In, and it says this is 430 years before the law. He made covenant with a guy named Melchizedek and he gave him 10% of all of his, that he owned. And I think that Melchizedek was a type of Christ according to Hebrews chapter 5. And so what, so what did he do? He was provided for and the angels provided for Abraham all through his life. But Abraham was participating by contributing and making and keeping covenant with him. So no wonder the angel shouted and stopped him from uh, uh, sacrificing his son. In e- Exodus 23 verses 20 to uh, he, um, verses 20 to 23, that he's sending the, 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 all of the children of Israel, they're being sent into the land, but he said, here's how I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to provide an angel for you. See, I'm sending an angel before you to lead you to safety, to the land I prepared for you. Pay attention to him. I love that. And obey what he says. Don't rebel against him, for he will not forgive your sins. He's my representative and bears my name. Angels can't forgive sin. Only Jesus can. But he says, when they come, they're going to give you some instruction, and that, those instructions are what's going to help you to get into your destiny. Here's, here's what I need us to, to hear today. You've wondered, how are you going to fulfill your destiny? How are you going to fulfill that purpose? Well, well, what if God has sent an angel, a provisionary angel, ahead of you already, and all you need to do is follow the follow this breadcrumbs to get there? He said, before. here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to see to it that, that I have sent an angel, a, your, a guidance system to get you into your promise. And then in Acts chapter 10, my last passage, and I just think this is phenomenal. It's a story of Cornelius. Um, the angel, an angel shows up. This, this chapter, chapter 10 of Acts is mind-blowing. You should read it um, a few times over because an angel shows up and calls him by his first name. Why is that important that the angels know your name? I think that's cool. He doesn't show you up and say, hey, hey, you. Hey, yeah, hey, hey." He comes out. He knows exactly who you are. Yeah. I love that. There's a, but well, well, what's the significance? This is about provision. He says, I've, because it says, Cornelius was a devout man, feared the Lord. And it says he gave regularly to help the poor. The angel shows up and he says, Cornelius. Cornelius, he, he was it stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? You kind of like that response. What is it? What is it, sir, angel? He, he, and he says, we have heard, he says, your prayers and your giving and your offerings have not gone unnoticed. What a thing. How would they know? They just knew. This, this to me is wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful. In, like he's seen the times that I've you know, been, been cheap. But he's also seen the times when we've been extravagant. And he says, I've not just heard your prayers. I've seen your offerings. I think that's wonderful. And the result of that is that he says that after that the angel then goes on to prepare for him, and he gets this whole revival takes place, and it's a whole outpouring of the Spirit that's magnificent and very, very exciting. The story ends very well. Here we go. Conclusion. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1, Paul says, he said, if I, even though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, and so I'm interested in what, type of, what language they speak. When angels show up, what language do they speak? Maybe you've never asked that question before. Maybe it doesn't matter to you. Uh, intriguing to me is they're multilinguistic. I know that. Because they've shown up to different people in different eras and they're able to speak their language and they're able to understand them. Um, did you know that we, you and I have been given the ability to speak with angelic languages as well? He's, if we do it without love, it says we're hollow and empty and a clanging cymbal. But there is this beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit, which I believe He gives us and one of the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is speaking in tongues of men and angels. I've been in places where a tongue has given and it's been interpreted or translated. But I've also been in places where there's a tongue that we've never heard before and I don't even know if it's, 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 it's a, a, a language that's human. Well, I suspect that it's probably angelic. So of the 6,000 or 7,000 uh, languages of humans, uh, there's also languages of angels. And you and I, when we invite the Holy Spirit to partner with us in fulfilling our purpose on the earth, what we can do—and I I think what took place at Pentecost—it says some of these angels are like, like ministering; they're like flames of fire. I think that specific angels showed up at Pentecost for each one of the people who were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what I think. So, how does that work? Well, there's five conditions to being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm not sure if you're—if this has happened to you before or not. Uh, It, for me, praying in another language has been the only thing that has evaporated fear in my life. When fear comes up and it can be like paralyzing, when I begin to pray in the Spirit, and I think that sometimes we think that we're only filled once, i honestly, I believe that the Greek tense is that you be filled and be being filled and never stop being filled. I personally think that what happens when we get a new mission, we can get a new prayer language. When we began taking on uh, new land, the Lord gave me a completely different language. It sounded wonderfully oriental. It was a bit cute because I didn't realize I was, and all of a sudden I listened to myself. like, "Well, what an interesting thing that is. Completely different than any language I'd spoken before. I believe the Lord's giving Dan another language for his next season. Now this may sound a little foreign to you. That's okay. But I honestly think this is one of the great end times strategies for you and I to be successful in this end times outpouring and, out, and harvest. And it's also a thing that can be stolen from you. And I remind people all the time, have you been praying in the spirit? Because it builds you up. It, your tongue gets connected to your spirit somehow, and it builds you up. One young girl at the end of the last service, I prayed for people to be filled, and she said, the Lord just gave me a vowel. And I said, That's all you need. You don't get... You, you, you're just learning a language, and as you use it, you get more and more of that. And she said, but it sounded funny. It was just la, 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 la. I said, yeah, yeah. Well, just keep going, and what happens now? Well, la, 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 ba, la, 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 ba la, la. and then a little bit more. And then she said, isn't that strange? But a big smile came on her face. How's that feel? Oh, it tickles. It's wonderful. The, easy, the most beautiful thing is watch your kids, little kids be filled with the Spirit. And they just go, oh, great. So, so much fun but it kind of tickles on the inside. This is just an interesting thing. So five conditions of being filled with the Holy Spirit. First of all, you must be born again. Acts 2, verse 38. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Number two, you have to believe that this is for you personally. Not for them back there, but us today. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. This promise is for you and for your children and for all whom are afar off. That's us. And for all whom the Lord will call. Is he calling you? Number three, you have to thirst Um, he won't override your your personal free will. John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus stood up and cried out with a loud voice, If anybody thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You need to thirst. You need to want it. Number four, you have to ask for it. It's a very personal thing. I can't ask for you. Luke chapter 11 and verse 13, if you being able to know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly Father know how to give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? You have to ask. And number, f- number five, you must do the speaking. doesn't take your tongue and wag it. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So you do the speaking. This is This is a step of faith that we take. If you've been filled once with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you can be freshly filled. If you've never been filled and you fit those five five descriptions, I want you to come forward as we close our service today. Let's all stand. Maybe there's one, maybe there's two, maybe there's ten. The first service is about 15. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.